In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our family perseverance conversation on this wonderful feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe. Que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva Juan Diego. So it's great to be with you. And of course, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us on her wonderful feast day. Of course, Mary has many titles. Mary is the mother of God. <clears throat> Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And as we pray in the Hail Holy Queen, we also invoke Mary as our life our sweetness, and our hope. So this feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe, let's pray the prayer that she loves most. And that prayer, of course, is the Hail Mary, also known as the Angelic Salutation. Together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And bless the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite our spiritual director to be with us. <clears throat> our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. In the midst of the tribulations and desolation we sometimes go through. Our consoler but also our counselor. Holy Spirit will give us good advice. And also the Holy Spirit is known as the sweet guest of our soul. If that were not sufficient, St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, he reminds us with these words, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. 
So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and to give us a lot of light in our minds and the fire of divine love to burn in the very depths of our hearts as we pray. As we pray, come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Juan Diego, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We'd like to wish... Welcome you and wish you all a very happy feast day in Our Lady Guadalupe. As they say in Spanish, que vive, que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. Que viva. So I'd like to pray for all of you in a special way in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to place you on the altar. Of course, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers. So I'd like to place you on the altar and offer these following intentions. First of all, I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Our sanctification depends upon our being open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 
come, Holy Spirit come through the heart of Mary. My second intention, I'd like to pray for all of our family members for especially for I have two brothers one it's his birthday today and another one is his birthday tomorrow they're only a day and a a year and a day apart you could pray for Tom Broom today it's his birthday and tomorrow Chris Broom so I'd like to invite you to pray for for family members and I'd like to pray for your for your family, especially family members that are that are distant from God, that in these special days as we draw closer to Christmas, that they they will they will be converted. And of course, I like to pray in a special way for. The very special group of people that will be dying today, that they will be saved. That through Our Lady of Guadalupe, her presence and her intercession, that they, they, they will be saved. So thank you for your prayers for uh, my brothers. I have an older brother, and these are the two that follow me in the family of nine. So the first four that my mom and dad had were four boys. So pray, pray for them that they, as well as their families, and that they would be saved. So thank you very much. I really appreciate that very much. So. A Lady Guadalupe. A little bit of parochial context, and then I'd like to talk with great joy about this wonderful feast day today. Sunday, we had a wonderful day, which we honored in a parochial level, Our Lady Guadalupe. At about 9.15 in the morning, we met in front of City Hall, a large gathering of people. We had four trucks which were carrying the four floats of the four different apparitions of Our Lady Guadalupe de Juan Diego, starting on December 9th, which happens to be the feast day of Juan Diego, up to today, which is December 12th. It was wonderful. We prayed the rosary, we sang Marian hymns, and that led us right to the church, our parish. And we had the Matachina that were singing and dancing and playing their musical instruments. Then we went, entered into the church, and I was privileged to be the major celebrant. And I preached especially a, a gift that we can give to Jesus and Mary following a 
talk that John Paul II gave to children in Rome in 1980. And that gift would be a good confession. And the children were willing to make a good confession in preparation for the birth of Jesus, that Jesus will be born in our hearts. Honestly, I barely remember having the church so jam-packed as that day. It was so full that we had to have an overflow of people in into the old church. And then we had the whole day, basically, we were celebrating by having a nice... Mexican food, talking, sharing, laughing, enjoying each other's presence. Showing the family character of the parish. The parish should try to be a spiritual family in which God is our father, Jesus is our older brother, Mary is our mother, and all of us are brothers and sisters in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that was uh, Sunday. Today, December 12th, we are celebrating formally the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we celebrated Las Mañanitas. It was a great start of the day. So at 5 o'clock in the morning, we greeted Mary with the Matachines also in the church. Then we had a concelebrated Mass with our pastor, Father Lino, celebrating. Father Larry was there, Father Dave, Father J.R., Father John, and myself. So we had a wonderful concelebrated Mass. And then at the end of the Mass, we we spent time with the mariachi that came, and we sang the classical Guadalupe hymns and songs amidst, amidst joy and jubila- jubilation. So, it's a beautiful, beautiful feast day. It's a beautiful, beautiful feast day. What a, what perfect timing to celebrate Our Lady Guadalupe less than two weeks away from the celebration of Christmas, which, of course, is the birthday of Our Lady, of Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You are here with me. You'll notice in, in, in my studio in the background we have the most prominent painting we have here is Our Lady Guadalupe. One of my friends went to Mexico, Nicolas, and I, he asked me, what can, I, what can I bring you? And I said, bring me a big image of Our Lady Guadalupe. So he brought me this be- beautiful image of Our Lady Guadalupe that I have in my studio, overlooking you, praying for you, every time we come together in our, in our perseverance, in our perseverance family. So, that's the parochial 
context of where we're at as we celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe. So, let's go back now about 500 years ago and let's try to let's try to relive the experience of Our Lady Guadalupe. I'd even invite all of you to um, put on your Ignatian contemplative lenses in which we can try to go back those 500 years and try to relive, try to become a part of relive this experience and beg for the grace to allow this experience of Mary appearing to Juan Diego allow this experience to actually transform our own lives. Why not? It's never too late. We become like those with whom we associate. Saint Spanadimi con quien anda te digo quien eres. Tell me with whom you go, you associate, and I'll tell you who, who you are. Very clear, realistic proverb. So, Let's go back to the year 1531. Like today, it was actually a Tuesday in the week. Interesting. We go back to Mexico. 1531. Back then, there were very few, very few Christian Catholics. And it's interesting, at this same time, we have, having almost simultaneous, we've got the Protestant Reformation, which is taking place in Germany with Martin Luther, Switzerland with John Calvin, and in England you have Henry VIII. So the church is going through a real earthquake, which many Catholics will be exiting the church. Whereas in Mexico, it's the exact opposite. And then eventually, Latin America, where the Catholic faith will spread like wildfire. So this is how it happened. A few days ago, we we gave a talk on Juan Diego, which his feast day actually happens to be December 9th, and that was the first apparition to Juan Diego. So once again, December 12, 1531, we encounter once again Juan Diego. Juan Diego is a widower. He's lost his wife, Doña Maria Lucia. Both of them were converted to Catholicism receiving the faith as adults. So Juan Diego has lost his wife Maria Lucia but he's still wearing the tilma that his wife was able to sew for him made of cactus material. So, after the death of Doña Lucia, 
we have Juan Diego that's living with his elderly uncle whose name is Juan Bernardino. That's right, Juan Bernardino. So, Juan Bernardino gets very sick. So, December 11th, the day before, Juan Diego is planning to go to the city of Mexico to carry out Our Lady's commission, but he couldn't go. He couldn't go. Because his uncle got very sick. Sick almost to the point of death. So that day, December 11th, 1531, Juan Diego had to... spend his time attending to his uncle whose health was declining very quickly. Looked as if he were going to die. So early that morning, December 12th, which is today, Juan Diego, who by the way is 57 years of age, has decided that he will travel to Mexico City to fetch a priest and to bring the priest to the bedside of Juan Bernardino so as to give him the last sacraments. The last sacraments would be his last confession receiving the anointing of the sick and then receiving viaticum, which would be his last communion, meaning communion for those who are for those who are traveling, traveling to the next world. So As he's heading to the city of Mexico, very early in the morning, you're going to see the word mañanitas is related to that. He's got to walk a long way. It's a long distance. Quite a few miles. And he's 57 years of age. So as Juan Diego arrives, he arrives at what is called Monte Tepeyac, which is the site of the apparitions. He decides to go around the hill so that he can avoid the obstacle. Avoid the beautiful young Aztec woman so he'll be able to arrive safely and soundly at 
the city of Mexico so as to bring a priest to attend to his dying uncle. So what happens? He, told, he tries to go around, but she cuts him off. And very embarrassed, uh, the conversation is charming. He says, well, did you have a good night's rest? And a Lady Guadalupe says very, very beautiful, consoling words. And I'll just give you a few of them and make a comment on some of these beautiful words. She says, she spoke in Nahuel, which would eventually be translated into Spanish. Nahuel would be the the, the the language of the Aztec Indians. She says, no, no te aflijas. Which loosely translated would be, don't worry. Literally, do not, do not be afflicted. But really, the best translation would be, don't worry. Don't worry. And she reassures Juan Diego saying that your uncle is already healed. That was his primary preoccupation was the the health and the impending sickness and even death of his elderly uncle. So she says, do not worry. Your uncle your uncle is, is already healed. He's better. And she says, do not worry because I am your mother. Do not worry because I am your mother. Mary is the heavenly mother of Juan Diego as well as she's our mother. As Jesus hung on the cross and below was another Juan, John the Evangelist. Jesus said to his beloved disciple, Behold your son, then to his mother, Behold your mother. From that moment the beloved disciple took her into his home. So from the cross, Jesus gave gave his mother to another Juan, John the Evangelist. And in that person of John the Evangelist is present each and every one of us. We became the spiritual sons and daughters of Mary from the cross. So uh, Lady Guadalupe says to Juan Diego, do not worry. Am I not your mother? Am I not your mother? And she said very consoling words. She says, Am I not in the crossing of 
Are you not in the crossing of my arms? What she's really saying is beneath the crossing of her arms, of course, is her heart. Mary is saying to Juan Diego, as well as to each and every one of us, I have you in the crossing of my arms. I have you in the very depths of my heart. May Mary's heart be our resting place. May the heart of Jesus be our resting place. May we find refuge in the hearts of Jesus and Mary. In our studio we have the sacred heart of Jesus and next to it, Our Lady Guadalupe. Let us find refuge. Amidst the storms, temptations, afflictions and tribulations of life, may we find our refuge in the sacred heart of Jesus and in the loving embrace of Our Lady Guadalupe and in her immaculate heart. Then she continues. She continues by saying, Are you not in my shadow? By the word shadow, she's basically saying, Wherever we go, our shadow accompanies us. It would be the song of, in Spanish, Santa Maria del Camino. Our Lady of the Way. Wherever we go, Mary wants to be with us. She wants to accompany us. Mary wants to accompany us. We should want to be with her. Then she goes on to say, you are in the folding of my garment. You are in Spanish. It's el hueco de mi regazo. You'd be in the opening below of my apron, which means you're present within my womb. Mary wants us to find refuge in her womb. St. Louis de Montfort says this. By going into the womb of Mary is the most intimate relationship between two human persons would be the child and the womb of Mary. And the Lady Guadalupe has that black ribbon pointing out the fact that she's with child. And what Mary wants to do is Mary formed Month by month, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, she formed the body of Jesus within her womb. Mary wants to form us also. 
so that one day, by the end of our lives, we'll be able to say, with the great apostle St. Paul, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So we we enter into this wonderful conversation between Our Lady Guadalupe and Juan Diego. So she reassures Juan Diego, taking away his fears and worries, that his uncle, his uncle Juan Bernardino, his uncle Juan Bernardino has been healed. So no longer does he have to worry about that. Now, Our Lady is very insistent that she wants Juan Diego, her emissary or her ambassador, she wants Juan Diego to carry out his mission. And she's very insistent that he carry this out. And that is... She wants Juan Diego to travel to the city of Mexico. And she wants him to carry out the mission. To speak to the bishop of Mexico. Whose name is... His Excellency Juan Juan Zumarga. That's right, Juan Zumarga. This Bishop Juan Zumarga is actually a Spanish bishop who has come from Spain being a Franciscan being the first bishop of the city of Mexico. So there are very few Christian Catholics in Mexico at this time. Few converts, but very few. But it's going to change. So a lady of Guadalupe following the petition of the bishop the bishop so as to believe in the authenticity the authenticity of this apparition asked for a sign asked for a sign and this then is a sign After calming the fears of Juan Diego, she tells him to ascend the hill 
And there he'll find the sign. So he climbs to the top of the hill. And don't forget this is the cold time of the year. He's in basically a desert where you've got cactus and you've got stones and a lot of dirt. And he sees there growing on the rocky land these Castilian roses. These Castilian roses that normally would be growing in Spain. So he goes and he cuts these roses, these multicolored roses. He cuts them and he throws them into his tilma. And he brings this to a Lady Guadalupe and she arranges them in an orderly fashion. Right here, my friends, we have three miracles in one. First miracle is that you're not going to be find, finding roses growing in the middle winter. The second miracle is you're not going to be find, find roses growing in the desert. Roses have to have a good texture, a good environment. Soil, fertile soil, water and sun so that they can be planted, grow, blossom and flourish. The third, and this is for the belief of the Spanish bishop, is that these roses were native, not to Mexico, but they were native to Spain. These are Castilian roses. So there you have three miracles in one. So Lady Guadalupe is arranging these roses. Then she sends, she sends her Juanito Juan Dieguito, her little son. Juanito Juan Dieguito, she sends her little son on his mission. It's a beautiful story. Try to imagine that you're actually in this scene. This is called an Ignatian contemplation. Try to imagine that you're actually part of this scene. So he's got the roses in his tilma, well arranged through the hands of Mary. We maybe ask Mary to order our lives. We all have disorder. We should ask that Our Lady will order our own lives. 
to order our own lives. So off he goes. He's got a long journey. But he's very joyful because he's carrying out the mission of this woman. The woman clothed with the sun, as we see in the background in our studio here. So Juan Diego arrives at the residence of the bishop. Some of those who are surrounding the residence of the bishop thought that Juan Diego was basically just a pest. He was creating this scene. He was concocting a myth. He was spouting out fables, myths, lies. So they saw Juan Diego with his tilma pulled up and they tried to pull down his tilma and the roses instead of falling to the ground they remained painted on his tilma the roses there's another miracle for you so many different beautiful miracles in this story of Our Lady Guadalupe. So after patiently waiting once again, we we see the great patience of Juan Diego. Took him more than 450 years to be canonized. What patience? He was beatified in 1990 and then canonized by John Paul II the beginning of the new millennium. So we see the great the great patience of Juan Diego. So finally he gets into the residence of the Bishop Juan Zumadiga after all these different obstacles. Now here's the Here's the key scene. He gets into the residence and Juan Diego falls to the knees. He falls to his knees and he opens up his tilma from which the beautiful colorful Castilian roses cascade to the ground. And this was the sign that the woman gave to the bishop. So as they cascade to the ground, the bishop, instead of looking down to the ground at the roses... He's looking at Juan Diego and he's looking at the tilma of Juan Diego 
And what does the bishop see in the tomb of Juan Diego? What you can see in my studio, you can see the beautiful image here of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was painted on the tilma of Juan Diego. There's another miracle because studies show that a paintbrush would not be able to paint on cactus fiber. So it's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. The texture of the rough fiber of the cactus would not allow for the paintbrush and the paint to be absorbed, absorbed in the tilma. Wonderful miracles. Now with that, the bishop, Wanzumariga, now he falls to his knees. Tears well up in his eyes. And he asks for forgiveness for his incredulity. For the fact that he did not believe in the words of Juan Diego. He asks for forgiveness. He undrapes the tomb of Juan Diego and he places it temporarily in his chapel. Then here's the other miracle. The uncle of Juan Diego, he comes to the residence of the bishop and seeing this image of Our Lady Guadalupe, Juan Bernardino says that he was healed immediately, instantaneously. He was healed. And who was the one that healed him was the person that you see on the tilma of his nephew Juan Diego. When the bishop was conversing with Juan Bernardino, the bishop understood that Juan Bernardino said the word Guadalupe. That's what he heard. And it turns out that in Spain there already existed a church or a sanctuary dedicated to Our Lady Guadalupe. So consequently Hearing Juan Bernardino say Guadalupe, 
in making the connection between Guadalupe and his own church or sanctuary in Spain, decided to call this image Our Lady Guadalupe. Now this is very interesting because this refers, it goes back to the first book of the Bible. First book of the Bible is the book of Genesis. Where we have Eve. Eve which means the mother of all the living. Eve commits original sin. Mary is conceived without original sin. So Mary will become the second Eve. And after Eve commits original sin, God says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, I will put enmity I'll put enmity between you and the woman. Her offspring and yours. You shall wait for her, but with her heel she shall crush your head. That is actually called the Proto-Evangelium. The first Gospel, the first good news that through Eve, the mother of all the living, sin came into the world and as a result of it, death. But then we have the second Eve. The second Eve is Mary. And then we, the gospel we have for today of Our Lady Guadalupe is taken from Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. And the gospel for today is the Annunciation. In which we have the second Eve. The second Eve which is Mary, the mother of all the living, that because of her yes, her obedience, her humility, her love. God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. So my friends, today is a, it's a very, very beautiful day. It's a very joyful day. And it's a day in which we want to celebrate Mary. By celebrating Mary, we celebrate Christ. Pope John Paul II visited the shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe several times 
John Paul II, St. John Paul II, proclaimed Our Lady Guadalupe to be the, to be the patroness of all the Americas. So from Mexico all the way up to Canada and South America, she's a patroness of all the Americas. But also John Paul II proclaimed Mary to be in Spanish, la nueva estrella de la evangelización. La nueva estrella de la evangelización means She's the new star, the new star of evangelization. As a lady, through the help of Juan Diego, was able to evangelize Mexico and from that all of Latin America. So Mary today wants us to be also a star of evangelization. So I'd like invite all of you to share this message. Share this message of Our Lady Guadalupe to the whole world. Share this to your friends. And hopefully their friends will share it with their friends. Like the rock that falls into the pond. It's our prayer and our hope that everyone in the world knows about Our Lady who came to visit us 500 years ago. Mary is truly the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. So many blessings upon all of you. And I'd like to give you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.